Hello, adventurers. You have found Homebrew Heels, a Nat One Life podcast. I am one of your hosts, hostesses, Amanda. <laughs> My sister Sarah and I will be talking you through some of the Nat Ones we've rolled in the medical health areas of our life. We are not medical professionals by any means, although I personally have watched quite a bit of Grey's Anatomy. We will be sharing our experiences, how we're advocating for our health, what the experience is like in all its details, good and the gross, the cost of the adventure, and most importantly, how we are working to stay happy and motivated through it all. Journey with us and start to find your way through this net one All right, Sarah, let's talk about some self-care, self-love, self-soothing. I'm so stoked to talk about this because I think this is one of the topics that you and I are good at identifying how to practice, but maybe not actually practicing as frequently Mm -hmm. as we should. Um, But in theory, this is an area that I feel like as people that are more introverted, we've really honed in things that help us feel this way. But then as people with anxiety, we have, a, you know, a lot of guilt about yeah. doing these things. So yep. we're going to talk through that. Um, I found some really amazing quotes about self-care in general. And there was two. I couldn't pick one. But these two that really spoke to me and you. Um, but rest is not idleness. And to lie sometimes on the grass under the trees on a summer's day, listening to the murmur of water or watching the clouds float across the sky is by no means a waste of time. And that was by John Lubbock. It's not selfish to love yourself, take care of yourself, and to make your happiness a priority. It's necessary. And that was by Mandy Hale. So what do you think about self-care? And how do you practice self-care? Yeah, so self-care is something that is fairly new for Mm -hmm. me in a way. I get, or I should say it's been manifesting and developing and growing into something new. So panic attacks and anxiety attacks (laughs) cause some self-reflection to occur on maybe, you know, developing some self-care routines. We're doing good. No, I think I've mentioned this uh, in the Loot the Booty. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this for Pursuing Your Patronus. Um, But growing up, I was told by our father that in order to, you know, take care of other people or to do your best, you have to make sure that you take care of yourself first. Look out for number one, right? So in my mind, I would always have that there like in the back but growing up I always thought well isn't that selfish like what the frick like why would I like I'm number one that sounds so bad like so full of myself and so I didn't like I always heard him I always heard his voice but I always fought it off saying no 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 that's selfish don't be selfish selfish is bad so on and so forth and then I got older and went out on my own and it very 
like you could tell no you have to look out for yourself yeah like it's not the fact like oh nobody else will it's nothing like that it's just you will find yourself in situations where you have to look out for yourself like Mm -hmm. you are living your life and you want to be happy so you need to make sure that you are doing what you want and what you need and i think that's the more important part is what you need right not necessarily what you want um because that i get is like selfish but what you need is important and um you na- you touched on a couple of things so let's talk about how self care can benefit us yeah um personally and then we can talk about how it will help with like stress and maybe some strategies for self care um but you touched on one of the areas about self-care, which it makes you a better caregiver if you actually take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and I have found, you know, self-reflection, thinking back when I was working in a corporate environment, very stressful job, <clears throat> and I wasn't taking that time for myself. And so when you start to neglect your own needs and don't nurture yourself, you get to like a really low point and you start to feel resentment for those around you. Mm-hmm. And that may be practicing those. And so then it makes you worse at taking care of the people in your life. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, if you don't have the energy or the you haven't filled up your cup enough to actually do that. Right. If you're not mentally in a good spot, then you're unintentionally it will be projected in one way or another. Exactly. Yeah. And then. um Self-care obviously can improve your emotional health. So if you're taking time to really relax and take care of your body and sleep and all of those things, then your long-term emotional well-being will be better. And the things that you just listed, the body requires those. I know. Isn't it funny that we put those in self-care? Sleep. Yeah, people. Fucking sleep. You gotta sleep. (laughs) You have to sleep. Your body literally will shut down. Right. Um, Yeah. Please sleep. And if you're having trouble sleeping, get help for sleeping better. Um, There's a lot of natural ways, meditation. um, And we'll go through some of these things later on in the strategies part of this um, episode. But sleep is so important. Um, And then, of course, your physical health obviously Mm -hmm. is more beneficial if you're taking time for yourself and having that self-care. And I think about heart health and all of the reading that we've already done uh, regarding anxiety, depression, and like stress and how that can lead to um, heart disease and increased risk factors for diabetes and all of these different things because we're not taking care of our physical body and stressors that chronic stress damages your physical body yeah it definitely does your it's almost like you're putting more time on your heart than if for those that are stress-free yeah exactly um so if somebody is looking for new ways to implement self-care into their daily routine What would that look like? What would would be some suggestions for them? So for myself, and I know you're similar. So we are, uh, we've said it before, we are introverts. 
So in order for me to kind of like reset myself um, almost on a daily basis, uh, around three o'clock, that's when I get done with work, mm-hmm. I will go into the bedroom, our bedroom, and just sit there alone. And mm-hmm. I typically close the door because it's a little bit more of a sign to my family that I'm trying to rest, relax, and rejuvenate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I use that time to essentially do whatever is going to get me to where I want to be. So that's reading a book or just watching something mindless and nothing that is going to stress me out. It's all very much like I am decompressing. Mm -hmm. And then after about an hour, I am good to go. And I feel like ready to take anything on. Like, I am going to go, this is going to sound bad, but I am going to go play those games with my son that I don't have necessarily any interest in, but he does. And I need to spend that time with him. Right. You're interested in spending time with him. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's a little boost and pick me up in order to do that. Or if I have homework, well, now I feel more motivated to go get Mm -hmm. stuff done. Mm Mm-hmm. So how do you avoid staying in that room all night? For people that struggle, like myself, with pretty bad depression, yeah, that's an easy way to slip into, and then I did nothing for the, for the, <laughs> for rest, the rest of the, of the day. evening. Sure. Maybe it's just providing those boundaries for yourself, setting a schedule. And for me, it's my anxiety starts creeping in again Mm -hmm. to where it's like all right you've taken some time for yourself now you gotta get back to the other people that need you like Mm -hmm. there are the house still needs to be maintained Mm -hmm. so let's talk about that then guilt especially mom guilt Mm -hmm. and for any of the men out there listening I don't want to say that there's not dad guilt or that you know men don't have guilt over this stuff but In my life experience, it definitely seems like as women, we tend to take on more of this kind of stress and anxiety um, about taking care of the house and the kids and relationships. And that that for me can get in the way of I need to take some time for myself, Mm -hmm. putting everybody in in ahead of you, um, like you talked about at the beginning. So how do you get past the guilt or like, do you even feel guilt at about it at this point? I do. There's times that I feel guilty about taking that hour, but ultimately I am now getting to that point where I am. I, it's like an internal mantra. It's mm-hmm. like, you, you need this time. This is your time. They literally do not need you right now there there is nothing happening to where they need you they are not going to like forever remember this moment oh my mom that one day was gone in her room for now no that's not going to happen (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and and i tell them ahead of time as well so it's not like they're kept in the dark they're not questioning why i'm not there so 
I constantly am telling myself this is okay like you need this time this is good for everybody Mm -hmm. yeah that's hard for me too because I think uh it goes back to that lean management mindset Mm -hmm. I think about opportunity cost so what that is in in case the our listeners don't know is for every choice that we make there is at least one other choice or other choices that we are giving up. There's a cost for our choice, mm-hmm. right? So if I choose to take my self-care time, the cost is all of the things I could be doing during that time. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me because in, in terms of self-care, that's a dangerous way to think because the opportunity cost is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more of a long-term payout versus an immediate payout. Does that make sense? It <clears throat> does. Investing and, in your self-care. And for me, I guess it's, I see it that in order, like, for me to take this hour long rest or time to myself that is immediate gratification for me because by the end of that hour i that's i feel so much better hmm. almost every single time and so i now that i've gotten gone into that cadence and i'm all it's almost like being on the schedule mm-hmm. essentially like i fit it into my schedule of the day and it's, yeah, immediate gratification. And I look forward to that. Interesting. I did something similar when I was working in a corporate job. And I would um, take that hour right after I got off work um, or when we were in the office as soon as I got home. And I would go, like, immediately into my bedroom and just be like, I can't talk to anybody. Like, leave me alone for an hour. And it was usually 45 minutes to an hour. And that was really just to, like, quiet my brain, maybe relax my body because my back and, you know, shoulders and stuff were killing me from typing all day or whatever. And so, but then it was always like, oh, I could have probably done two loads of laundry in that time. I could have done X, Y, and Z. And so I always felt like I never felt super refreshed. After those hours, I just felt like, okay, I got what I needed just to get me through the rest of the day, Mm -hmm. but not to feel like refreshed. Now, part of that, I think, was the job that I had at the time. Right. Sure. Um, Because we have different stressors and things like that. But um, so in terms of self-care for stress management, um, it's so important to obviously eat regularly Um, but it also, all my research talked about making a schedule. And so I love that you shared that, that it's just become part of your routine. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things that I was reading about is like brain functions and how our brains, um, work things out, right? Our brains are always thinking and doing things. And while we might not actively be thinking about what I'm going to make for dinner later, um, or I'm sorry, while I may actively be thinking about what I'm going to be making for dinner later, in the back of my mind, my brain could be working out a problem with my spouse or my Mm -hmm. siblings. 
And that self-care time allows your brain a quiet space without all of those, what am I going to make for dinner? What am I going to do here? What am I going to do here? Distractions Mm -hmm. to think about those problems, even though you're not actively thinking about them. So like that quiet, almost meditative state. Um, And so it's really just interesting because stress in my research, stress had an um, section in, I've, I read five articles about self-care and Mm -hmm. Stress had a section in every single one of them. Yeah. And it's like, damn, we need to manage our stress. And stressors aren't bad. We're always going to have them. But it's the amount and it's that constant release of, like, endorphins and certain um, chemicals in our body that keeps us in this, like, anxious state all the time. And that's not good. Like, that's another thing that impacts the health side of stress. Um. And apparently doing certain activities for yourself can promote other hormones to be released that help to soothe you and calm you down. Oh, interesting. Massage is one of those. And that makes total sense because if you think about like, um, this is totally terrible, but how we slaughter cows, Mm -hmm. they go into hugging machines. Oh, yes. And it calms them down because it um, stimulates their sympathetic nervous system and it releases like a hormone essentially and it makes them calm down. And so massage is very similar and that's why it works to soothe like baby colicky babies and um, massage works for people that have like really bad uh, connective tissue disorders and like things like that. And Mm -hmm. it's because that feeling actually um produces a hormone that gets released throughout your body. And so when I was researching self-care types of things like, oh, take a bath and do this. I'm always like, that's so like, of course, take a bath, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm going to go to a spa. But then I realized that those things actually have health benefits other than I'm quote relaxing. No, it's like the warm water And the soothing of the muscles releases, like, all of these different chemicals in your body and creates that sense of peace, like that serotonin happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really interesting for me in my research. um, Because the massage piece, taking a bath, um, doing your feet, uh, the actual, like, motion of... um, using a pumice stone and massaging your feet. There's a lot of points in your feet that help to stimulate um, relaxation and things like that, like acupuncture pressure points. I was wondering, cause that makes sense when I'm thinking about how I've heard it before where they're like massaging and uh, getting manicures and pedicures can actually have health benefits because mm-hmm. it's the motion and putting Uh, pressure on those pressure points it's sending signals Mm -hmm. to your brain and it's not only like releasing like chemicals necessarily to like the feel-good chemicals but it's also like telling your body whether or not it needs to send something there to heal yeah um so when I get acupuncture done that that is that's the whole theory of acupuncture is the needles are getting inserted into certain areas and it's that needle puncture 
is because of how our bodies work, right? White blood cells and things like that go to heal wherever this intrusion is. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody's heard of bioinjections, um, it's kind of like a similar thing. And then like it's promoting healing because now there's an intrusion in that area. And so that's, yes, so very similar to acupuncture. Nice. It's causing healing to go to those different places. Um, so your pores and deep conditioning your hair and nourishing and tending to your nails. There's a couple of things that those types of activities do. One, they're a little bit slower in terms of application and the amount of time you need to take to complete them. So it automatically forces you to slow down, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to have to take 30 minutes to do this deep conditioning hair mask. Um, the other thing is a lot of, if you choose the right products that you might use, the oils and smells also mm-hmm. help to promote relaxation. Yes, so if you're using essential oils like lavender and cedarwood and things like that, those are proven um, to help with stimulating relaxation and creating uh, a very relaxing space. Um, <clears throat> and then the actual tending to your nails and your body, it's um, meditative because it's usually repetitive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like if you're exfoliating your legs, you know, you're using an exfoliator and you're going like in a circular buffing motion all the way up and down your legs and getting into that kind of rhythm. And if you're really focusing and being uh, mindful in that moment, that can almost become meditative. And so all of those things are promoting healthy stress management and healthy self-care so that you can help to take care of those around you and perform your daily duties uh, more efficiently and effectively because you're taking care of yourself. So what about you? Do you have anything that you currently have that you already know helps you either decompress or just is something that for mental health, you want to make sure that you continue to do on a daily basis? Um, I would say that this is going to sound terrible. So do as I say, not as I do people. Unfortunately, not right now. I'm pretty stressed out. Um, I'm working on deprogramming my corporate brain, as you and mm-hmm. I have talked about. I've worked in the corporate environment for my entire adult life. And then now to be unemployed is very weird. And so I'm struggling with depression, anxiety, you know, stuff like that. So as a result, I feel like I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just get all of my shit in my life together. Well, that's a lot of pressure too. Right. And that's a lot of stress because I'm struggling with anxiety and depression. So unfortunately, the one thing I'm doing every day for self-care is smoking weed. One thing that I've been trying to do, it's not every day, but I am doing it a couple of times a week, is exercise. Mm, and yeah. I found finally an exercise program that I really love and um, enjoy. And so that helps to keep me motivated. And this exercise program, people might laugh, whatever. I don't fucking care because it's about what brings me joy. Right. This program incorporates things that I love, like essential oils, crystals, um, talking about the energy of your of the earth and your chakras and your aura very hippie very witchy um 
but then also an exercise program. And so it's really cool that I found something like that because it speaks to me on a personal level and also helps me to move my body. And so that's what I try to do is move my body. Um, and I'm doing that about three times a week right now, but nice. I want to get to it daily. Um, and then the other thing I do is I, I game a lot. Yeah. Um, D and D is definitely one of my self care times. It's when I socialize and socializing is important, um, in terms of self care. And, uh, it's also a way for me to completely live a different life. You're right. Exactly. And that's what I was thinking too, is for me, I game as well. And for Dungeons and Dragons, it's so funny, like the whole concept and the idea and just comparing it to society. So we have like before Stranger Things, the TV show came out, when people would talk about Dungeons and Dragons, it was very much like, oh, that's a nerd thing. That's a nerd game. Mm -hmm. That's an old nerd game. And they attend their basements in the dock. They still live with their mothers when they're 40. Exactly. Like there was very much like an image attached to that name. Yeah. And then uh, within the last couple of years or few years, it's grown and it's exploded and to the point where it's more and more common. And even if it's still seen as nerdy, it's more accepting and Mm -hmm. it's more of like, oh, okay, you're just the type of person who likes to do serious hardcore RPG. Kind of, and pretend that you're somebody else. But now doctors are saying that this is actually a good thing for some people, and that Mm -hmm. they highly recommend that certain type of people actually play the game because you are disconnecting from yourself and you're becoming either who you want to be, who you wish you could be, or you're expressing feelings that you typically normally wouldn't express and Mm -hmm. or it it helps people with um, mental blocks or just, I forget the name, uh, the word for it, but you're learning how Mm. to do, like how to interact in different situations, right? So, it's funny that we have like this, like, oh, it's a nerd, oh, it's stupid, it's dumb, it's geeky. And then it's like, no, there's actually a lot of benefits. Yeah. Evidence that this is a beneficial practice. Yeah, mental health right there. I think that as humans, and especially as Americans in our culture, there's a lot of pressure to act and look and feel a specific way and one of the things that um D allows you to do is live out some of those fantasies that you know never in your life are you ever going to be able to actually do this so mm-hmm. like for me with starbeam um she's basically like my version of a pop star meets Mother Teresa. Like, <laughs> she has a fucking divine calling, okay? She is working for her goddess. Uh-huh. She's the kindest person ever. 
But she's also a little bit extra and she likes to sing and dance and do all these crazy things. And she's into beauty and like all of that. So never in my life am I going to be a pop star. You know, never in my life am I going to be Mother Teresa, (laughs) you know, but it's a way to be able to live out like aspects of my personality that I've never gotten to explore. Yeah. And um, on the flip side, like I think about our friend Justin and him and his campaign, and he almost always plays a necromancer Mm -hmm. because he wants to live out like his dark fantasy life. Yeah. What about you for your fantasy life? Be a good way to uh, finish up self-care talk. (laughs) Fantasy life? Oh, man. So I enjoy being a a DM because... Mm -hmm. I, surprise, surprise, you'll find out listeners soon enough, I'm sure, I have control issues. And so, uh, I no. know. <laughs> I wonder where I got that from. Um, no, um, I have a, a control issues where I, it causes me extreme, extreme anxiety, like panic attacks, if I start losing control or if I have the feeling of losing control. So being a DM and dungeon master, I I have control over mm-hmm. the situation for the most part. Obviously, I don't know what my players are going to do, but of the world and of the situation, I can control the outcome. Now, as a player, when I'm playing, I... I don't know why, but I any game, but D&D specifically, I am drawn towards healers. Mm-hmm. And so I have a fighter in one campaign right now, but it's I'm actually struggling with being in that character's mindset and like truly going all out with acting as if I am that character. However, when I played my cleric, my healer in another campaign, I mm-hmm. was all in. I like I would have meaningful conversations with my god. I would like completely act out my healing uh, actions or there was one time where a bad guy was dying and mm-hmm. I stepped up to him and I was like, my god will welcome you. Thank you for keeping the balance. And I didn't save him. Like, I... <laughs> Damn. Exactly. I could play out my the moments of when I chose to use my powers. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I would say there's a powerful moment when you start coming into Andy person. Mm -hmm. And because I I experienced, I mean, it took me like a year, but I finally experienced that with Starbeam a couple of weeks ago. And that was probably one of the best self-care nights because I felt like even though it's completely not real, there's nothing I'm gaining from it. I felt like I learned something about my character and about myself in that moment of like, okay, this is going to sound totally weird, but you know, whatever. It's a D&D inspired podcast, people. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned something even about myself in that moment, which was it's not always about the skills that you've learned along the way. Sometimes it's about who you are as a person. Yep. And what you can do. 
because Starbeam in a couple of the interactions over the last couple of weeks has been able to do more as a person than she actually can with her spells that she's learned along the way. Yeah. Crazy. I try to tell you guys, think outside the box. Yeah. I know. You're always like, you guys are so not playing your characters. Like, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> man, you guys could be doing so much more if you just knew, you know, what you were as a human. What? And isn't that true for most of us, though? Like, you know, you can, I can tell you all day, oh my God, you're so creative and you're so talented and dedicated and you have, seems like you have endless amounts of time, you're accomplishing all of these things, but you don't see that for yourself. And right. so it's not something that you maybe would look to use to your advantage because it's not something that you're, is visible to you. And the moment that you have that self-love or that time to really self-reflect, it's like, holy shit. Maybe I am valuable to this in other ways than just my spells. And taking that time for yourself, that's, that's when you're going to have those moments. Yeah. When you'll reflect on what, who you truly are and what you have to bring and offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't do that, people, if you're not taking time to actually think about it. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Pursuing Your Patronus and that it made you think a little bit about mental health and pursuing your own happiness and finding your ultimate Patronus. Make sure to stick with us here and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all those social media sites. And if you're enjoying your Pursuing Your Patronus podcast with us, you may also want to think about checking out our Loot the Booty series and also where we nerd out on YouTube. Expecto Patronum! Mounting it.